0: Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the NFL Scotland podcast. We're now less than three weeks away from the 2019 season. My name is Cameron Hobbs.
1: And my name is Paul Mitchell. We keep the previews coming, though, as this week it's the West that's up for discussion.
0: We'll hear exactly how each of the eight teams across the AFC and NFC West can win their respective divisions.
1: We'll then put our necks on the line and share how we think things will actually pan
0: out. And to do this, we're joined by NFL Scotland regular and Philadelphia Eagles fan, Ian Stephen.
1: Hello! (laughs) Glad to have Ian along. And to the fourth voice, we're going to add opinion to the mix. We're joined by American Football podcast host, Andrew Smith. Andrew, welcome along.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
1: Absolute pleasure. Now, we ask our new guest just a few questions. So, first of all, Andrew, what got you into the NFL?
2: Um, Well, I was always a a regular Super Bowl watcher, but never really followed much other than that. Uh, The first game I watched was actually when... Your team, the Saints, won the Super Bowl um, at the 2009 season, so I started 2010, Um, but I'd never really managed to to hook on through the regular season until Amazon did all or nothing, Um, and I watched the first season of that, which was the Arizona Cardinals, and that properly hooked me, which is why I'm a Cardinals fan as well. Well, that was
1: my next question. What team do you support? So, obviously, you're a Cardinals fan. We're sorry about that. But everybody picks their own team. Yep. If you, <laughs> if you were to play the game, what position did you envisage yourself as you pulled on the Cardinals Reds and the University of Phoenix Stadium? What position would you have been playing?
2: Uh, well, I was thinking about this on the way down, actually. And I'm short. I have no upper body strength. I'm as slow as a week in the jail. So, no positions are suited for me. Um, I think safety... It's probably about the best of them, as, as I could think. that or water, boy? We'll
3: take out.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> okay <on>
2: with
3: that. <laughs> Sa- safety's a lot like goalkeeper in football. You basically, if something goes wrong, your job is to point at somebody else, like he was out of position. I've got a great point. There, there you go, that's just... <laughs>
0: right okay so let's get things up and running though and we're going to kick off by looking at the afc west now over the last two weeks you'll have heard that what we do is every single person has got up to three minutes with a designated team and it's their job to pitch why that team is going to win the division the guys have had a heads up they know what's coming and andrew is our guest we're going to start with you so your three minutes starts now
2: no pressure. Okay. So you've given me the Kansas City Chiefs, which is quite a nice, easy one to start with. Um, so where are they coming from? Last year, they had a 12-4 and record. Um, and, well, when I was preparing for this, I was tempted to just repeat one name for three solid minutes. Uh, of course, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we've seen the clips of him over the the last few weeks he managed to throw the ball out of Arrowhead Stadium, which is just ridiculous. Uh, The arm strength that he has is phenomenal. Um, And then did did anyone else see the the drills with his left arm as well? He's got a better left arm than wannabe $50 million man Dak Prescott has with his right. Um, So, yeah, last year he obviously took the league by storm, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, league MVP. Um, They lost... Um, hunt halfway through the year last year but Williams came in and really stepped up and I think that's another good sign going into this year um, Tyreek Hill obviously huge playmaker on the offence morality is a um, it's not something we're going to discuss <laughs> um, but I think he's the most exciting wide receiver in the whole of the league he's not the best one but in terms of the playmakers at the wide receiver position, I don't think there's anyone more exciting than Hill in the league. Um and then you've got Kelsey as well, who is the most dominant tight end in the league, particularly since since Gronk is now out of the league. I know that Cameron would probably chuck the name Kittle at me, but no.
0: <laughs> <coughs> it's, <coughs> it's coming.
2: <laughs> and no to that as well. <laughs> um I think last year Petered out for them um mainly because of their secondary. That was the real weakness. They've gone for a big upgrade there and brought in Taran Matthew. Um, Obviously, they had Eric Berry, but he was injured most of last year. And I think if Matthew can stay fit, which he probably will. Um, And then up front, they've replaced D Ford with Frank Clark, which is a bit of a like-for-like replacement. Um, So I can't see any deterioration in that roster. Um, And yeah, I think it's quite an easy argument that they'll win this division.
0: With time to spare, well done. A solid pitch for, yeah, one of the favourites. But hey, that's a solid start. Well done. So next up, um, of course, Ian, it will be you as our semi-regular. So your three minutes starts now.
3: Well, I think the the main reason why the Raiders are, are going to win their division this year is is because they're on hard knocks. And as we know, every team that appears in hard knocks makes it to the Super Bowl. It's a, a, an absolute <laughs> given. Um also uh, the the distraction that's currently going on with Antonio Brown of well here won't he put a helmet on um that's just going to to help solidify them as well because everybody knows dysfunction leads to success that is the that is the reader way um i think um seriously i think they've had an absolutely fantastic uh, draft that was part of the reason why Mike Meek came in um Cleland Ferrell, at defensive end, Josh Jacobs, who I think is going to be possibly Rookie of the Year at running back, Jonathan Abram, who's a great safety, questionable person, though, after watching him in hard knocks, Um, Traven Mullin, Max Crosby, these are some great, great players. They brought in Antonio Brown as well to be the playmaker for David Carr, who should be fully back um, after he's year recovering from the, the bad knee injury uh, that he had. Um, they also brought in help on the offensive line as well with Trent Brown coming in. Um, Mayolk's basically splashed the, the cash in effect. Um, Terrell Wareham was also coming in. LaMarcus Joyner. Um, and Fontes perfect as well coming in at linebacker. So you could make the case that the Raiders squad is definitely a lot better than last season. Um, and with Gruden in charge as well, you can't overlook the fact that he is a successful head coach. He has won the Super Bowl. And watching him in hard knocks, he does seem to be the kind of character that you want to play for. Everybody plays up this kind of um, arrogant, in-your-face um, kind of personality. But he, he, he tapers that off, and then he actually talks to the, the, the players on a human level. And he, He's very much the kind of guy that I think you would want to play for uh, as a player. So they're set up for... Success and also the fact, I mean, they're, they're moving to a, another city. Is it next year, the year after, is it next year? Going to Las Vegas, and everybody knows that a fan base loves it when their team just is about to move away. They'll turn up in droves, they'll cheer on their team. It'll be such an impressive venue to go to. I, I think it's, it's pretty clear that the Raiders are going to win a, the division next year.
0: An interesting pitch,
1: <laughs> yeah, but a no- solid one. Pinocchio wants to know
0: (laughs) how Ian's
2: noses. Three minutes of solid sarcasm. That was impressive.
0: (laughs) Right, Mr Mitchell, you're up next. Your time starts now.
1: Well, it's a special year in Denver. It's the 100th year of the NFL. It's the 50th season which we'll see the Denver Broncos play and they'll return to the top of the AFC West, a division who won five straight seasons from 2011 to 2015. Now, the good news for Coach Vance Joseph is that he managed 11 wins. The bad news for Coach Vance Joseph was... He took two seasons to get them, so he's out 11-21, and earning him the sack. Now, the problem at the end of the season, they were 6-6, and but he then lost in San Francisco, amazingly. Then by a point, lost to the Browns, the first loss to Cleveland in 11 games. They then got scalped by the Raiders and surrendered to the Chargers in the last home game. Now, it wasn't all his fault. Quarterback's been an issue since the retirement of Peyton Manning and the Super Bowl success against the Panthers in 2015. But it's about to change. If you look at last season, they sent Vaughn Miller, Philip Lindsay, Casey Kreiter, and Chris Hannes Jr. to the Pro Bowl. Philip Lindsay, bright spot going into 2019. Rush for over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. Absolute highlight. He'll be great. Emmanuel Sanders, who I've met. I don't know if I've mentioned that to you. Uh, led with 71 receptions, <laughs> 168 yards, only four touchdowns. Vaughn Miller, four fumbles, 14.5 sacks they have got talent in the right places. So what do you do when you need to find a quarterback? How about one with a ring? Even better, one with a Super Bowl ring. Enter Joe Flacco with a chip on his shoulder that will motivate him for the entire season after being tossed aside by Baltimore, who fell in love with Lamar Jackson and then jilted Flacco. Now, the Broncos have talent in all the right places, plenty of stars, but the roster had the intellectual depth of a Love Island episode, so the roster this year will look vastly different. Let's have a look at the draft. Noah Fant, tight end out of Iowa. He's brilliant. A steal at 20. Dalton Reisner... The offensive tackle from Kansas State is a good unit. Drew Locke, quarterback in round two, was a bit of a stretch. But Tremont Jones as well from Ohio State will serve them well. They also added well in free agency. Kareem Jackson came in. He'll probably, he's cornerback for most of his career. I think he'll probably come out to safety. Bryce Callahan's come in from the Bears. They've really got talent in the backfield. Uh, and then to Vic Fangio, the new coach, finally gets the big job. He's ready. He's worked under a lot of coaches, a lot of different styles. He is ready to go. Word is the new coach will bring a new approach. He's not a big praise guy. His players play in the NFL. He expects them to be grown-ups, bring their own level of professionalism. He won't demand perfection. He accepts mistakes can happen. won't jump on players, but he wants them to almost self-police themselves. Uh, one thing to note is the owner, Pat Boland, died back in June. They'll be playing for him as well. 35 seasons as majority owner. So they'll be playing... For their long-lost owner, solid new coach, chip on the shoulder, quarterback, talent in the key places. Raiders Chiefs and Chargers have a tough time against the men in Orange this time round.
0: Oh, indeed. They might. They might just, with four seconds to spare. They will. They will. (laughs) Right. And so it comes to me. And so I have to time myself. This is always the tricky thing. I've got to keep an eye on the time and my notes and everything else. But I'll uh, procrastinate no longer because it's all about the rivers it's all about philip rivers he's yet to win a super bowl that chip on the shoulder is going to see him through born in 1981 clearly a vintage year what can i say um he's going into his 16th nfl season and he's manned up Since Manning threw his toys out of the pram and didn't want to go to San Diego in the first place, he had a quarterback rating of 105.5 last year. He's had over 4,000 yards and scored at least 28 touchdowns or more in every single year since 2013. He is sixth in the all time passing touchdown rankings, only Breeze and Brady are the active quarterbacks ahead of him. He's got more touchdowns than Big Ben, Eli Manning, and Aaron Rodgers. Let's look at his NFL records. Single game completion percentage record 96.55% against the Cardinals. Okay, fine, it's easy against them, but you will come on to that as well. NFL single game record for consecutive completings with 25. He ties that with Nick Foles. Uh, completion percentage of 83.33 in a 400 plus yard passing performance against the Cowboys in 2009. And touchdowns between a single quarterback and tight end, 85 to Antonio Browns. And I'll also throw in consecutive games with a passer rating above 120, five of them. Philip Rivers is the man to make a difference. But you've got to, even with a Rivers, you've got to make sure that your defensive dam is watertight. And that's something that they've been able to do in LA as well. Joey Bosa only started six games last year, but he's back. Darwin James has injured and out for a few months, but that's okay, because Bosa's going to sack every single quarterback he sees, and no one's going to have the chance to throw down to the safety general direction. He and Melvin Ingram are one of the best one-two sacking machines in the NFL. Jerry Tillery looks like he's going to be a monster off the D-line as well. That was a really good pickup there. Now, what about things on attack? Well, they're free-flowing, and they will stream players if they have to. Melvin Gordon toys at the pram at the moment. It's all a ploy. He's resting up. He wants to be fit for the season ahead. The Chargers are going to pay him and he's going to be ready. Keenan Allen is resting up as well. Slight ankle knock. No, he's not. He's just getting ready for week one. In LA, he's never not had a 1,000-yard season. That's not going to change. Mike Williams had a breakout last year with 10 touchdowns. Hunter Henry is back. He had 12 touchdowns in two seasons. He's another red zone threat. But most importantly, I think, the Money Badger, Michael Badgley, he made an instant splash last season when he joined. He already has the following records. Longest field goal in a game for the Chargers, 59 yards. Single-season field goal percentage, 93.8% accuracy. 15 of 16, it would have been 100%, but for one 50-yard miss. Most field goals in a postseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. Most points in a postseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. The Money Badger is key in L.A., and that's why they are going to win the division. It's all about the kicker, and it's all about Philip Rivers.
3: How can you speak about Philip Rivers and not mention the vast amount of children that he sired? Surely that must factor into the Chargers' ability to to win this season.
0: Um, yes, uh, much like him, I didn't know when to sort of withdraw that evidence. And. Uh... <laughs> It, uh, anyway <laughs> it
1: should be pointed out that he sired them legally with his wife just yes. in case anybody's wondering that philip rivers is just wandering up and down the coast
3: uh, of california is, is, is the record not um antonio Cromartie? something like nine children from eight different mothers i'm sure i'm sure that must be what the, the um the the Inter- Jersey sales and
1: families alone are fantastic.
3: Interestingly, Adrian Peterson, um, they were talking about how he's going through bankruptcy and he, he's earned like 70 million or something in his career. And I saw somebody ask, ask the question, how can you go bankrupt after earning 70 million quid? So I had a look into his background. Apparently, he, he's got a, a few children, but nobody knows exactly how many. <laughs> and whenever somebody asks him, how many children have you got? His answer's, well, I know. He never actually confirms how many children he has. Can you I think it's between four and eight. <laughs> Sorry, was that Adrian Peterson
1: or Boris Johnson? <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, hang on. We've got political again. Right, let's bring this back. Gentlemen, we've we've all made our pitches for our teams, but in reality, how do we see this one panning out? And Andrew's our guest. Let's start with you.
2: Well, I... Chiefs first, Uh, I think it's quite clear in this division. Chiefs, then it'll be the Chargers, then I have it as Raiders, then Broncos.
3: I think it actually could be the Chargers this year. I think the the Chiefs have got, I think they're going to have a bit of an implosion about them this year. Um, And I can can see the Chargers finally, if they get their injured players back, I can see them finally um, getting through to the top of that division. Um, it's going to be a hell of a place to go with our four Chargers fans and 28,000 opposition fans <laughs> in the stadium. But
0: I mean, so much of this does ride on Melvin Gordon. I've sort of made light of the fact that he'll be good to go, but um, we've seen now with Levy and Bell last year that a holdout for the season is a possibility Uh, and for someone like Melvin Gordon who has suffered injuries you can understand why he wants to get paid while he still can if they can get him on the park with the right amount of money and keep him fit for the year he's a huge player arguably now the best running back in LA potentially over Gurley if he actually turns up and plays Um, but it's a big thing the other one is Keenan Allen as well obviously he's got a slight ankle knock um, he obviously had that season where he, you know, it was just a write off for him he's been healthier he's always got little niggly injuries but he's not had any prolonged period off over the last two seasons they'll really hope that remains the case but I think yeah they both finished on the same record last year um, and I think that the, the Chargers could do it this year I think it will be a fascinating battle between the two of them
1: see I'm completely sold on the Raiders I mean Ian just convinced me um <laughs> I think it's interesting because we've had that glimpse into the Raiders. I've no idea whether they're going to be sensationally good or just a car crash. Because you can't tell from hard knocks. It's just in that sort of middle zone. But you look at Antonio Brown's feet. You then look at the helmet issue. It's just the distractions. Although I like the way John Gruden's dealt with things. I think he's been pretty good. I I don't know. I mean, l- looking at the Broncos, they've certainly got talent in the key places. It just depends. I mean, it was serious the amount of change that's coming to the rest of the roster. If they can click that in the right way, they'll be a threat. Um, the Chargers, I'd like to see because we're not going to get too many more seasons of Philip Rivers, and I'd like to see him have a have a crack at the Super Bowl. I think that would be fantastic.
0: Right, let's wrap it up with predictions. Then we'll go around the room. Uh Chiefs, yeah, yeah. Chargers. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say Chargers.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the Chargers as well. I'm I'm sold on the Chargers. I've been for the last couple of years.
0: Right, okay.
2: One last thing on that. I think it comes down to the head-to-head and the fact that the Chargers home game against the Chiefs is in Mexico will play a huge part this year.
0: Yeah, valid point. Well, Absolutely. it might, might
1: be Mexico if they can get the field right yeah, well, that in too, time. Yeah. Let, let, let's hope they can. They, they might actually get more Chargers fans down yeah. there. They might decide to tr- be the <laughs> travelling support for once. They 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 have the
3: worst home field advantage yeah. in the NFL. They really do.
1: Yeah. I, I, I would think so. I mean, you almost... I, I just I mean, I want to see them back in San Diego anyway. I mean, I know it's not going to happen, but I'd love to see them go back.
3: I was actually... The year I went to see them play, um, the season they had Ryan Leaf um, and... It was actually it was a good it was a good experience. I enjoyed it. Um, it was also the season before the Ravens really clicked, so I got to see um, Ray Lewis and an excellent defense and the worst offense in the NFL. So it was not a good game, but uh, just being able to say I was at a game that Ryan, Ryan Leaf was at. <laughs> my, my mate actually bought a Ryan Leaf jersey, and that was not the best investment no. he's ever made.
0: Right. Okay. On to the NFC then. And we're going to do this in reverse order this time, as we have done every other time. So as I scramble around to try and find my timer, um, we'll be able to get this underway. And of course, we've got we've already picked up on the fact that Andrew is a Cardinals fan. He'll be covering them when he gets to it. But for those that don't already know, I am, of course, a 49er. So this is a 5G. 49er team and I'm going to tell you why the first G is an obvious one it's Jimmy G who's fit and healthy well at the time we record this podcast which is Monday night he's fit and healthy 2017 a reminder 1560 yards seven touchdowns QB rating of 96.2 made it into the NFL top 100 players in at number 90 based on five games he was brilliant and everyone was excited 2018 didn't start brilliantly but he still got 718 yards in three games five touchdowns QB rating of 90 Um, before his injury. He's had that time off. He's back fit. He's not had any setbacks. And perhaps most importantly, for later points to come, he's got that Patriot heritage. The second G is George Kittle. Of course, this one says everything it needs to say. NFL records, most receiving yards in a season by a tight end. Most receiving yards in a half by a tight end. First ever tight end to lead the league in yards after catch. He is an absolute threat. Now, Ertz can make a very good case, but I think George Kittle is better. 49ers records, he's got most receiving yards in a game by a tight end, most receptions by a tight end, and first tight end to surpass 1,000 receiving yards. The third G stands for getting the best player on the board, Nick Bosa. He is an NFL ready pass rusher who likes to side scissor his his opponents then track down that quarterback. He's also dangerous against the run keeping himself in position to shed his blocker take down the ball carrier whenever he gets close. Add to that you've got D. Ford 13 sacks last season. The 49ers only got 37 across the whole team last year. Con Alexander's an interest one a big impact linebacker if he comes good he could be very good. Eric Armstead and of course DeForest Buckner with 12 sacks in 2018 Buckner sticked his claim not only as the 49ers best defender but as one of the best in the entire NFL not to mention they finished the season with 67 total tackles 20 quarterback hits the fourth G is for guard Mike McGlinchey okay he's not a guard he's a right tackle but I'm sticking with the G theme he is the best run blocking rookie lineman in 2018 second best overall in the NFL he needs to work on his pass block a bit Jimmy Geos, keep him right on that and then you've got Joe Staley on the other side Fifth and final G is for guns. In fact, they are young guns. We've got Matt Breda, Jerick McKinnon once he's back, Tevin Coleman, Dante Pettis, five touchdowns in his rookie season, Jordan Matthews. If he can get back to his eight touchdown form of 2014 and 15, Marcus Goodwin, who's got pace for days, Richie James Jr. who's that punt return threat, Trent Taylor, who's missed a third down, Debo Samuel, who got two receptions for 61 yards against Dallas in his first game, Jalen Hurt, who got three receptions for 31 and two touchdowns v's Dallas, have an average age between them of under 25 years. That's a threat, and it feels like a Patriot like threat. There's weapons all over the place. There's no five star studs out there, apart from Kittle and Jimmy, I would say. But you know what? Collectively, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to mix things up in the NFC West. The Cardinals are on the shrink. Seattle are losing pieces. The Rams aren't going to be the same. The Niners are winning the division.
1: That is possibly the worst misuse of young guns <laughs> since Wham! We're in the charts. <laughs>
0: So we've had a Boris Johnson and a Ram reference in this one so far.
1: what eclectic of other I love your passion for your team. I think there's a lot of positives there for the four. I think I was all of them. Um I think you missed out possibly their main positive, which was the Cardinals.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. There's actually a sixth. That G. was the that case last year. <laughs> I didn't get to mention Robbie Gould, which was a big signing. He was my sixth G, but sixth G didn't sound the same, and I didn't have the time.
3: What, one of the one of the stats you said about Kittle, did you see he's the the first tight end to break a thousand yards receiving in the season uh,
0: for the Forty ers Oh, for the Niners. That was okay. yeah, that was a Forty ers record. The first three were NFL records. The second three were Forty Nine franchise records. That doesn't really count. Really. See, <laughs>
1: see if he struggles in the first three games is it kittle off the boil can we go with that commentators love that kind of stuff it's great
0: right well you're up next paul so you can just keep going with that
1: so i've got the seattle seahawks now if you ever visit seattle on a non-game day and want to see the stadium the seahawks allow you to do so there's a gate that is open you can walk up to a viewing point that lets you see inside the stadium and take pictures Now, that's different with a baseball team. They don't allow you to do that. And I had to blag my way in via staff access walkway. But that's another story for another day. The Seahawks improved on the 9-7 record for the 2017 season, finishing 10-6, won six of the last seven, but they lost twice to the Rams, who were 6-0 in the division. That will change this year. They'll get the better of the Rams. Seattle are a team ready to win again. Last season was the sixth time in seven years. They recorded at least 10 wins in a season. They also played in London for the first time. Well, when I say played in London, they beat the Raiders. That's just the way it goes. They've been in the playoffs seven in the last nine years. Now, not many coaches get to do a total rebuild while they're at the team, but last year when punter John Ryan was released on the team, he was the last remaining player from the team before Pete Carroll took over in 2010, so every player on that roster is Pete Carroll's guy. Cash in Seattle goes to Russell Wilson. He wanted a new contract, got a new contract. Four-year, $140 Deal, well done to them, removes any distraction. Was it a good move? Absolutely. 2018, career best, 35 TDs, career low, 7 interceptions. Passer rating, 110.9. Now, they've got rushing as well, as well as a great runner, thrower. They've got the rushing. Over 2,500 yards. Stop us as you can, is what they say. You've got Chris Carson, Rashid Penny, who will be terrific. Doug Baldwin's retired, but Tyler Lockett, Great last season, 57 receptions on 70 targets, 965 yards, 10 scores. He'll be terrific. They've also gone with DK Metcalf with the final pick of the second round in the draft, 6'3", 433 speed. He's another instant deep threat. Jaron Reed, who wasn't known as an effective pass rusher, stepped up last season, 10.5 sacks. Problem with him, he'll miss for the first six games, violating the league's personal conduct policy. But if you look at Seattle, they've gone from being a defensive team to an offensive team. They have also got strong special teams in the kicking department. They brought in fifth round rookie Michael Dixon, went on to make the pro Bowl, was named first team all pro. Their schedule is soft to start with. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh gets harder against New Orleans. They'll pick up against Arizona and the big one will be against the Rams. If they break the Rams at Century Field in week five, they're going to go all the way and take the title.
0: Yep, a solid case made. Once again, we're going to go straight on to Ian with the very aforementioned Rams that are going to get beat at Centrelink Field. Your time starts now.
3: I mean, this is really, really kind of you. Give me the Rams. This is just, just so incredibly easy to make a case for these guys. Obviously lost in the Super Bowl and the biggest issue is teams that lose in the Super Bowl. They struggle to be good again next year. But you just look at the sheer quality that you've got on the the roster Jared Goff is a fantastic game manager at quarterback he's shown that um, year in year out since he came into the NFL Todd Gurley at running back is outstanding but the question is how bad is his knee the Rams are saying he's good to go, there's no issues, and they've got uh, Darrell Henderson, um, rookie out of Memphis, that's came out at running back, he was my favourite running back coming out of the draft, and he's so much like Gurley when it comes to his, his playing style. You could argue the best receiving core in the NFL, uh, Cooper Cup, who sounds like a NASCAR trophy, uh, Robert Woods, <laughs> and uh, Brandon Cooks, that's a fantastic set of wide receivers. They've also strengthened, they've already got Andrew Whitworth at left tackle but they brought in Rob Havenstein at right tackle to solidify that um, offensive line and Sean McVeigh is a, a brilliant wizard when it comes to um, being an offensive minded head coach. On offense they're just set up, they're absolutely set up On defense they've got maybe the best player pound for pound in the, the NFL and Aaron Donald, you saw in Hard Knox the Raiders players were kind of talking about him like some sort of mythical god. Like, just the, the other end of the pitch, they go, just look at him, look at him. It's like you're you're a five-year-old and you're kind of meeting Kenny Roglic for the first time. Um, Brokers as well, Daunte Fowler on a defensive line. They brought in Clay Matthews. Um, I had to work on a tanked programme from Discovery Channel when they build fishing tanks for people and Clay Matthews is on it and he was uh, building this... Um, Packer's a uh, fishing tank and then like a couple of weeks later he signs for that <laughs> so he's got this completely obsolete fish tank in his house that he just <laughs> built in los angeles which is quite funny it brought in eric Weddle as, as well at, at free safety to provide a lot of uh, veteran uh, accountability and a secondary that also has a keep talib marcus peters and, and john johnson the, they're, they're stacked, they're absolutely stacked in this roster. And then you look at special teams, they've got Johnny Hecker and Greg Zerline as well. I, I don't think they've got a, a hole in the roster. You look at their schedule as well, it's actually not too bad... Um, a schedule. The key game is the rematch with the Saints, um, and they've got it in LA. If it was in New Orleans, I think New Orleans would put that down as a win, but in Los Angeles, I, I think they're going to make a strong start. They're going to be 6-0, six, six and oh, I think, before they, they go to Atlanta and face the Falcons, and possibly their biggest test of the season.
0: Done with seconds to spare. Um, I think... That's the alarm going off. Um, the most so that
1: was the alarm for mentioning Atlanta. <laughs> Can I tell you my favorite Atlanta stat of the week? They have now lost eleven consecutive preseason games, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> which takes some doing when you think about it. That means you've had to put together three bad lots uh, of teams. So currently they are on a an eleven game skid in <laughs> that, the preseason. That
3: means that you're you're. Ford's team is basically worse than the rest of the NFL's Ford team and scrubs and practice squad players.
1: I think they'll be devastated. You know, you, you've got you've to win these preseason games. <laughs> I nearly said that with a straight face. But yeah. Also,
0: uh, the most tenuous I've worked with Clay Matthews story I, I think like I've ever heard. That. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I thought my Emmanuel Sanders drop was pretty good, but I can't, I can't match that in a fish tank.
0: Yes, and indeed. Sean McVay, the wizard. We'll see what's up the wizard's sleeve this year. Um, anyway, on from that. And Andrew, it is your Cardinals. Your time starts now.
2: Well, where to start? Um, we'll start by ignoring last year because we know that was absolutely horrendous. But because it was absolutely horrendous, there has been a nice clear out. So there's a new head coach and there's a new quarterback. So in a head coach, we've got Cliff Kingsbury. Come from college where his record was... Well, let's not mention it. Um, (laughs) So we've brought in him and uh, Kyler Murray, a quarterback, number one overall pick in the draft, and he's going straight in as starter. There is no arguments there. This guy looks legit. I think uh, in the next two or three years, we will be talking about the young guys of Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and Kyler Murray as the young quarterbacks in this league for the next 10 years. What I'm excited to see on the Cardinals is uh, Cliff Kingsbury's air raid style on offense. I think that will bring out the best in David Johnson, who's had a couple of down years, but I think he will be gunning again for that 1,000-yard, thousand 1,000-yard thousand season, where he gets 1,000 with each passing and rushing. I also expect uh, Ricky Seals-Jones at tight end to make a real impact in the passing game as well. And then you look at the receivers on that roster as well. You've got Larry Fitzgerald, who is... One of the best there's ever been. The old head, just a bit of composure to the offence. You've got Christian Kirk in his second year. He obviously picked up an injury, which ruled him out for a big part of last year, but he looks really exciting. And then you've got the rookies of uh, Butler and Isabella, uh, amongst others, who look, again, very exciting. Um, So the offence should be really good to watch. On defence, schematically, they're going back to 3-4 defence, which allows uh, number 55... Um, Chandler Jones to move back to outside linebacker last time he played outside linebacker he had 17 sacks led the league I expect him to have another massive year they've also added Terrell Suggs who will provide a genuine threat on the other side as well uh, the secondary there's Buddy Baker DJ Swearinger Pat Pearson when he's back from his ban Alford uh, Murphy the secondary looks really strong as well obviously Alford now picked up a preseason injury as well But when they're all there and fit, I don't think there'll be many better secondaries in the entire league. And that's why the cards are going to stroll this thing. (laughs) See, I noticed you didn't say win. I think stroll. They'll be doing a lot of strolling.
3: You'll also notice you didn't talk about the offensive line at all. Didn't talk about either line. The
1: the, the very offensive line, as it's known.
0: Right. Again, we've heard the nonsense. Um, We'll work in reverse order than this one as well, and I'll kick off. Uh, Obviously, I've made a pitch for the Niners, I think for me, there's too many people coming back from big injuries to be confident of anything this year. I think that what it is, is a case of hopefully keep everybody together, make sure that Jimmy gets some time on the field. We've got to protect him, make sure he doesn't pick up anything else. There's a lot of, it's a very young receiving core and a back core. Um, They need time to bed in and time to just get things up to speed. There's there's a lot of exciting elements about their play. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, guys like Jalen Hurd was a running back that converted to a wide receiver, whereas Debo Samuel more like a wide receiver that's trapped in a running back body. Uh, there's it's potential, there's potential. And I think under Shanahan, we saw how good he was um, when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Things haven't been as good for them since he's left. But this is a big season. It's a really big season. And they need to keep the pieces fit. They need to gel. They need to bond. I think this year it's about progression with a view to winning it next year. And I think that's where they need to do. They need to figure out what they need to do to get close to the Rams, who are the clear, you know, the strongest team in that division. And even in spite of that drop back from the Super Bowl, it certainly didn't do the Patriots any harm the year before, although they are a different beast altogether. Um, But I think that it's maybe just a season too soon for the Niners.
1: You know me, I've nothing against the Rams. <laughs> you know.
3: <laughs> so, so To be fair, to be fair, it was the officials that didn't throw the flag and not the Rams. Exactly. They were just playing. Exactly. You can't, you can't no, have any no, spite uh, against them.
1: Absolutely. I've no problem with the Rams. Um, I'm going for Seattle. I think they have changed. I think Russell Wilson's the man. I still think Jared Goff is overrated as a quarterback. I've never really been overly impressed by him, and this is not a Saints bias or anything. We all have different opinions what we think about quarterbacks. He's not a favourite of mine. Did
3: you notice the phrase that I used? I I said game manager. Yeah, you did. And that is effectively what he is. He's got so much talent around him, he just needs to deliver the ball. It's
0: what Alex Smith was for a long time in uh, San Francisco, and even under uh, Washington did well because he could just get the game going. He just needed to do enough. He didn't need to slug at the full length of the park. Um, I, there's very similar traits, I think, there.
1: I may be wrong. I mean, he may develop into something that's a lot more exciting, but if you said to me, you know, put on a game to watch a quarterback, I wouldn't be putting on a Rams game.
2: I think he got found out a little bit last year. There was uh, a couple of instances you saw where the, the defence weren't showing their hand until the playcock was down... Beyond that 25 seconds, so McVeigh was no longer in his ear. And as soon as he had to think for himself, he really struggled. The other thing I
1: like in this division, if you get a chance, this is where I think the Cardinals may be eclipsed by the Raiders for a moment. I'll tell you, they've got the best radio team in the division. If you listen to the Cardinals on the radio, because they've got Dave Pash, who's a really good play by play, but the colour analyst is Ron Wolfe. Now, he is just the right side of Homer Nuts. <laughs> he gets really upset with bad play, so it's the perfect time to listen to him. Uh, he, he was actually on the TV on the games this week. And basically, basically, you know, in the, the last quarter, he says, you know, he says the players don't know each other. He says only the, the players that you see in the fourth quarter, I mean, their family barely knows them, is, is what he said. So he's just one of these guys who's highly entertaining. Brett Musburger has gone to the Raiders radio network. Now he is just superb. He's time with the college football, uh, we saw him on Hard Knocks this week. Uh, he'll be a great listener as well. But if you he, do... he
3: was—he was also the announcer and uh, the water boy.
1: Yeah, he, he's—he's just—he's <laughs> just genius. I love him. But if you listen, as I say, if you get a chance to listen to the cards on the radio, especially when a team's doing well, you've got to try and look for the positive. That's what Dave Pesch brings, and then Rod Wolfie kind of rushes through it. I, I. Genuinely like Seattle, I think they've got a real chance this year. They have gone from being a defensive team to an offensive team, and I think if push comes to shove, they can outslug the Rams. You know, just where Russell Wilson would make that difference. So I don't expect them to get swept by the Rams this year.
3: I think um, I'm I'm completely contrary to that opinion because I think actually the Seahawks are going to be one of the biggest surprises about how bad they'll be this season. Um, I don't think um, on offense they've ever shown anything beyond mediocrity, and relying on Wilson to scramble out the pocket and and make something happen. They've lost all their talent in defense, and I think they're going to uh, they're going to slide. I think you're going to see the the Niners, Cardinals, and um, Seahawks scrapping um, to try and beat each other and finish two and 14, 3 and thirteen, basically. Um, the Rams are going to. Stroll, stroll the division um, once they come they've got some tough tough games to come up against, I mean the the, the Rams have got the Browns who are the kind of media darlings at the moment, they've got Falcons, Panthers Saints, um, it's a tough tough schedule for a, a couple of games and <laughs> whoever they're going to have the top um, record in the NFC, that's going to be highly debatable but I think they've got They've got too much, too much talent. If they keep Goff healthy, which is the key, or keeping your quarterbacks healthy is the key to every single team, but if they keep him healthy, they'll be in the playoffs and they'll win their division. There's no doubt about that.
0: Here's the thing as well for me. If, if Gurley is the player that he was last year and actually there's nothing wrong with him, then they've got the best running back in the league, uh, in, in the league, in the division Um, by a considerable margin uh david johnson i think can be good but i agree he's had a couple of years where he's not been so great that offensive line's the problem we,
3: we had the conversation that just before the super bowl um i, I was saying i don't think Gurley's going to play the super bowl i think it's going to be it was cg anderson wasn't it I, yeah. I said there's something wrong with Gurley. you can tell they kept saying there's nothing wrong with it's fine but it comes out he's got a degenerative knee issue um and the chances are he's, he's going to end up splitting a lot of carries. He's going to get used possibly as a, a decoy because teams are going to key against him. But I think you've probably seen the, the, the peak of Todd Gurley as a, a running back. He's lucky yeah. because he got paid before he, he, yeah. he, he had these issues. So
2: Yeah, I agree on all that. I think um, from a Cardinals perspective, all I want to see this year is improvement, which isn't asking a lot from last year. Um, but I do think genuinely that the offense will be exciting to watch. Um I think that
3: No no they won't. No they won't. It'll, it'll be your quarterback that will be exciting to watch as he runs for his life whilst making the noise. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs>
2: Um, no, I, I do think they'll be exciting to watch. Um, I think that there's there's reasons to be optimistic there.
1: I'm going to watch just for the noise alone. <laughs> I, I, I had Kyler Murray's noise more as meep-meep for the roadrunner <laughs> as you're trying to get away from the, like your are meep meep-meep-boop, and
3: he's gone. Kyler Murray has got the potential to be one of the most exciting players that's ever played in the NFL, but the last thing he wants is the Derek Carr syndrome, where he ends up playing behind one of the worst lines in the league and what, 80, 80 sacks or something, or close to it, and he's rookie season and he was just dead effectively battered after it. that. Yeah. battered
1: a bit. Yeah, I think that's where you just got to go. Oh, the calf's gone, I'll be off me off for a couple of weeks then, and you go next up.
0: Right, let's wrap things up then in the West, and we're going to put our next on the line. And again, you're our guest, Andrew. We start with you. It's
2: the Rams for this division, unfortunately.
3: Cardinals to win a division,
2: <laughs>
3: Rams, Rams.
1: I really want to say the Seahawks because I I think they've done a good job but yeah, I mean the Rams have got talent from top to bottom all three parts of the game it's going to be hard to see past
0: them Yeah, and I'm in the same place it's got to be the Rams I think so it's a clean sweep and that completes everything in the West
2: Niners are finished last,
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheap shot in the head no. Yeah. You've
3: not touched the button yet, Cameron. Yeah. You can get a dick back, I'll, <laughs> I'll throw the flag.
0: Who knew it was a one-time appearance Commander.
3: Can I just say, actually, um, in Madden, they've got a new feature in Madden where you've got a superstar player for each team or whatever. <laughs> and for some reason, the Rams have managed to get Johnny Hecker in as one of their superstar players <laughs> <laughs> with elite qualities. And you're like, what? What? <laughs>
0: So just before we wrap up then with the news, as we always do, I was able to catch up with Ethan Webb, who is 18-year-old from Lanark, plays for the Clyde Valley Blackhawks, and is one of the lucky 80 people who've been selected to get a place in the first enrolment for the brand new NFL Academy down in London. I caught up with him to find out exactly what's been going on. So delighted to be joined now by Ethan Webb, who plays for the Clyde Valley Blackhawks, but is one of the few lucky people that's been taken into the first round of players going into the brand new NFL Academy down in London. So, Ethan, thanks for joining us.
4: Yeah, of course, no problem, anytime.
0: time. Uh, now, what an amazing opportunity.
4: Yeah, it's, it's great, um, you know, to be selected out of 1,500 players. Um, you know, it's an amazing opportunity um, just to... Even be considered one of those top eighty athletes um, to be able to go onto the uh, academy, and I can't wait to get started now.
0: And it wasn't just folk from the UK; you were up against players from across Europe.
4: Yeah, I was. There was a guy from Finland there, um, very big, very imposing. You know, he was about six foot eight, about three hundred pounds, massive. Um, and then I uh, met a couple of guys from Germany as well. So there's obviously word across Europe about this uh, academy, and it's you know. It's already setting up to be quite prestigious to get in.
0: What sort of stuff did they get you doing then in the tryouts?
4: Um, we have done the same tests over both two trials. Um, our tests were the 40-yard dash, um, a vertical jump, a broad jump, and the 20-yard agility drill. Um, just like the combine, basically. Um, just the same sort of you know, set-up and events. Um, and we have done those over both trials. Um, the second trial was more to see how we'd cope with You know, being against higher athletes, um, you know, because you're whittling the choices down then and you're against now the top 150 at that point um, in a big stadium with lots of eyes watching. You know, there was a lot of uh, broadcasters there filming the event. Um, So it was obviously to see how you'd react and if you'd still perform to a high level when you're under that sort of stress.
0: So what about you then? How long have you been playing the game? What
4: positions do you play? I was playing initially flag football at my school. Um... Yeah, well, it was just a bit of a laugh and a uh, Monday after school and uh, it was I played wide receiver. We only played that sort of set up with a quarterback, wide receivers and defensive backs. Um, I played that for about nine months uh, during the school year and then I left school and decided that I'd give uh, full contact to go. Uh, I came down to Clyde Valley and we started our team and I had been... Put in at running back. I've been playing at uh, free safety, cornerback, and wide receiver.
0: And which of those do you enjoy the most?
4: I enjoy running back. Um, I think because you know I'm quite fast. You know I don't tend to give up very easily when it comes to things like that. Um, so you know I think I really enjoy running back. But I think my strength is at defensive back, um, my ability to read a play. You know I think that's where my strengths lie.
0: Good. Uh, And what's it like then playing for Clyde Valley? It's obviously, uh, there's a load of teams across Scotland. The quality's improving. Has it been a really good platform for you?
4: It has been, yeah. Um, We've been taken under by some great coaches, you know. Um, All the coaches are willing to spend time with you, talk to you about all aspects of the game, you know, relating to our team or not. Uh, Everyone's very friendly. Um, You know, and watching the team play week in, week out, and, you know, getting to, you know, play our games as well and um, you know we don't we don't ever give up easy you know it's um, we do enjoy the time that we do have and then you know training is obviously good as well and um, so it's great to be taken under your wing when you are learning still about the sport and you know I'm pretty sure all teams will be all the same.
0: And then when you were down south there's obviously a load of big names involved with the academy as ambassadors did you get to meet any of them?
4: Um, I met Christian Scotland-Williamson uh, at the first trial, um, the tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, very down-to-earth guy, very nice guy. Um, then on to the second trial at Tottenham Stadium, uh, we met Christian Wade. Um, he was obviously a big influence, having come from a background in rugby, um, just like myself. You know, He plays running back and you know it's good to see him now taking off. Um, and then also we met Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, a very big personality and he was such a nice guy. Um, you know, he was just having that big name, a superstar there. It was uh, It was great to see that.
0: And what's the goal for you out of this then? What do you hope to get at the end of it all?
4: Well, I like to set myself, you know, short-term goals and long-term. My um, short-term is to make the team, first of all. You know, uh, I think any player that does play wants to be a starting player. They want to be starting calibre for anyone they play for. Um, so that's my short term goal in the long term um, I want to get over to the States and into American uh, College um, you know being able to play possible, you know, having this platform to go on to play NCAA football um, you know it's an amazing experience amazing opportunity and I intend to take it
0: and then you got the opportunity you said there to obviously train at the Tottenham Stadium yep. what's it like as a stadium you know there's a lot of fans about to go there for the first time
4: it's amazing it was um, such a great like, you know, the having the sixty thousand seater stadium, you know, it's you know you never really experience anything like that in my age, you know. It's a very rare and you know, it's amazing. Just the opportunity to walk into such a big and glamorous stadium that's brand new. No one else had been out in the pitch before. So, you know, you are, you know, a part of history being part of this first group to ever go out. Um and it's all very well kitted out, you know, the locker room was immense, it was of great standards, you know. Going out into the pitch as well, we had a lovely date for it, it was nice and sunny and it was just great, you know, you're seeing your name up on the scoreboards and things like that for setting records and you know, it's an amazing feeling seeing all these different things. Um especially coming from a place where American football isn't so big, you know, it's nice to see that it is being talked up a bit, you know, as being a bit more uh, glamorized. glamourised. Perfect.
0: Now, in this episode, we are talking about the NFC West and you are a Seattle Seahawks fan.
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll not hold that against you. But um, obviously, you're going to get your opportunity now. Can the Seahawks win
4: the division? Uh, It's a tough decision this year. Um, You know, Oakland are, you know, a bit in turmoil, so I'm not too worried about them. Um, Arizona's, you know, a bit... Uh, tossy and turny, you know, you're not sure what you're getting with this new Kyler Murray situation you know, with Cliff Kingsbury um, a wild car sport is definitely there, 100% um, you're just looking for maybe a lucky win against the Rams and you're right in there <laughs> Brian
0: and we'll catch up with you again and hear more about your journey, but thank you for joining us
4: yeah, of course, no problem
0: so a brilliant opportunity there for Ethan um, and It's great to see a pathway potentially for players now to kind of go through some proper NFL training here in the UK with a view to potentially maybe making it into the NCAA college system.
1: Yeah, and if they don't make it that far, they go back to their own clubs, better players, they'll make better coaches, and that'll help our grassroots grow. It's terrific.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Paul, any other news items tickling your fancy?
1: Yeah, a couple of news items, but I'd like to talk about hard knocks. Because I've now caught up with with the first two, and I've really enjoyed some of it. Um, John Gruden's an entertaining character. I, I, you know, uh, I loved the interactions with Nathan Peterman, asking him what pisses him off. Well, I, I would have thought throwing five interceptions in Buffalo in your first ever game would have pissed you off somewhat, but he didn't quite reference that. I, but I just thought that was quite good. I liked the the line he says, "You can lead the league in effort." That doesn't take talent. It's a decision. You know, it's just one of these things that, you know, that might hit home with a few players, might raise things up. I loved um, the Antonio Brown's kids asking him, where's Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> I thought that was, <laughs> that was a tremendous moment. Um, so in week one, so you've got Roland Olley, who was from Last Chance U, got a place at training camp uh, with the Raiders and... How do I put it? He was an arse. Yep, blew it. How how can you do that?
2: Well, I couldn't be bothered.
1: Now, I, I just don't get that in any way, shape or form. You would give your absolute all, even if you realise, he might realise that he wasn't talented enough and that might have hacked him off a bit. But you give your absolute all. That, that, just, that was mind-numbing to me.
0: Well, he's clearly given so much to get to this opportunity in the first place. That's it. It's like that, right, here's your chance. Flop. Nothing. Uh, And was sent packing pretty early. Um, Who who was
1: the guy in Tampa Bay last year on Hard Knocks? Anzalone, the sort of long, blonde, flowing hair, played linebacker, um, was never going to make the team, but gave absolutely every last ounce. You saw it on the final preseason game. He was trying to tackle everything that moved. He gave everything. He was not going to be good enough, yeah. uh, but he gave everything. So week two, uh, the next John Grudenism, time spent is value received. Well, it depends who you're actually dealing <laughs> with. And the worrying thing, which I thought when they, they had the fight in the scrimmage between the Rams and the Raiders, Richie Incognito was actually the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> now if Richie Incognito is your voice of reason what kind of team have you got he's, he's turned on Henry Kissinger he has he, he has flipped into a diplomat now I'm all for second chances and people can change I genuinely believe it it was just very strange to see given his past a good on him if that's a genuine character change. Absolutely let's, let's good just on say, him.
3: Let's just say that he's now playing in a state that's legalized cannabis, and he's now a very, <laughs> very chilled character compared to playing in non-drug uh, affiliated states. Are you enjoying Hard Knocks? Always enjoy Hard Knocks. Um, I think it's great. Uh, it's great to see uh, behind the kind of cotton and. Get to enjoy the personality of some of the players. Um, they're a lot. Some of them are a lot different from what you expect. I think Gruden is because you you just see the this kind of Tasmanian devil kind of in your face character. But the reality is, he's a very, uh, a very engaging, charismatic human being, very intelligent, um, and he's the kind of guy that you can see how players would respond to and love playing for.
0: Yeah. Okay which goes a long way. And I think that's that's the thing that surprised me. It started off, and we discussed this last week, for me at the beginning, it felt a little bit contrived and a little bit set up some of the scenes, but it didn't feel quite as much as that in, in episode two. Uh, and I, I agree. I end up rooting for players and individuals every year out of Hard Knocks. There's always a couple of people that I'm like, oh, do you know what? I might not want the team to win. I want you to do really well. Uh, and, and they just... They do when you're round. You get to see the side of them that you just don't see on the park at all. Um, and even in the interviews, you know it's always the quarterback. It's always the coach. You might get a tight end or a running back that's had a really good game, but it's a it's a voice for some of these guys that don't have a voice. Uh, and it's it's fascinating viewing every single time.
3: It's, yeah. Well, it's also the fact, sorry, it's also the fact that um, it's not only players that you root for, but with Jonathan Abram, it's perhaps uh, yeah. Panto Villains. Is, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in the same team as that guy. No.
2: Not a chance.
3: <laughs> there, he's not had a single redeeming uh, part yet in the, the two. Maybe something happens in the the next... Episode, I don't know, but...
0: A strange twist yet to come. Yeah, but uh, the, the,
3: maybe it's a kind of love affair with a tight end <laughs> and <you> know, <laughs> oh. But the, the thing is, though, there's, there's, there's coaches, front office guys, owners, they all watch They all watch Hard Knocks. Oh, yeah. And they're seeing the personality of this. When they bring somebody in, a lot of the times they bring in a player blind, they don't know much about them, but you're seeing Jonathan Abram, you're kind of thinking... I maybe don't want him around my, my locker room. It's not the kind of guy that fits in with the, the team.
1: It was Riley Bullock was the name I was trying to remember. is a, a linebacker with the Saints. It was Riley Bullock last year was that sort of trying to be everything he could be to give absolutely everything. And it'll be interesting to see who who become the sort of side characters of the next couple of hard knocks. Because there are people that you that you do genuinely want to root for. But often think, you know, the coaches... You know, plus or minus. I think John Gruden's in the plus for me at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think the one thing as well about Hard Knocks is it always teaches me something about myself I didn't know. Uh, I had no idea that I wanted to go through Napa Valley on the back of a horse stealing grapes as I went. Uh, that's <laughs> next year's <laughs> holiday sorted.
1: It's I, hard hard to follow that.
0: I, I love all these sort of
2: programs. Your Hard Knocks, your all or nothing. The just the insight they give you into to what goes on behind the scenes. I think is excellent, and um, changes your opinion on some characters what, as
1: well. What, we we t- we talked about all or nothing, and I mentioned you know I I had this preconceived notion about you know Cam Cam Newton yeah, and after watching the program, you know I thought he was an arse beforehand, and having watched the program, I now know he's an arse. <laughs>
0: Yeah, i still to get to all or nothing this I, year. He's not selling it to me. I actually thought Cam Newton came across
2: very well in all or nothing.
3: I, I thought he came across really well until he opened a cigar bar. And I'm just like, you're wasting your
2: money. Yeah,
3: and and all the clothes, no. Uh,
1: anyway, let, let's get to the news. Yeah. Now, NFL players and owners have expressed an openness to expanding the playoff field from 12 to 14. Um that is being proposed potentially on also cutting the pre-season from four games to three. They reckon that by at least putting the extra two teams into the playoffs, they'd make a little bit more money on TV and revenue. And cutting the pre-season down to three, I think would be an absolute mercy. Uh, and that's without moving the the
3: regular season games past 16. The 4th playoff game, eh, the fourth pre-season game was torture. It's absolute torture. I, I would wonder whether... By expanding the playoffs, are they looking to expand the regular season? And by that, I mean, are they looking to fit more teams in? Is there a chance for more expansion franchises to join the NFL? Because having 14 teams join the playoffs, it kind of makes things a bit more complicated with the formula of how you qualify. So do you add more teams in, create an extra division in the AFC and the NFC? Does that?
0: Yeah, and I mean I've I've often wondered if this is going to be the route that they go down because of even the expansion abroad and whether that's the natural route if they're ever going to realistically put a team abroad, it would be through expansion rather than moving a team. Plus there's so many markets that are sitting without teams. Um and it was odd to touch on a slightly different note, but the XFL, they're obviously launching um uh, straight after the Super Bowl this year, much like the the AAF did. Uh the Alliance of America League, sorry. Um and Uh, funnily they put all their teams into markets where there is an NFL team with the exception of one that's going to be in St. Louis so it it does feel like there's there's places to put teams, that definitely is a possibility, I wonder whether that's just going to be a case though of um, an extra wild card round, where you've got wild cards versus wild cards and it's just an extra game so they can stretch the season by a week potentially you get rid of the Pro Bowl and do something different with the Pro Bowl because there seems to be a lot of people uh, not a fan on that and I never did that vote I That's mean, a tight football, we'll I know. do that this week.
1: We'll need to do that this week. Yeah, because basically in baseball you now have they made it, you know, a, a one game playoff to get into the playoffs. That's essentially what they did there. Now they could do something similar. Um actually I actually like the playoffs. I think they're fine. Yeah. Um we've got the wild card weekend to play it through. Um I would only like to see more teams going in if more if they added if they added more teams in. Um, it's the Edinburgh Festival. People are talking about all sorts of jokes and what wins the best joke of the year. Um, the one that I liked, which didn't win it, was uh, somebody stole my antidepressants. Well, I hope they're happy, <sighs> which I thought was quite a good gag. <laughs> anyway. Well, the one it was <laughs> awful as well. It was. Now, the reason I say that is because that joke is mildly more amusing than the joke that Jerry Jones... Is? A- <laughs> apparently... <laughs> Apparently told at the weekend. So, Tony Pollard played well versus the Rams, back up since Saturday. So the Dallas Cowboys owner quipped Zeke who? Uh. So, of course, Zeke's agent is up in arms about this joke that's been, you know, quipped about his client and Ezekiel Elliott is furious about it and it's like, come on. He was always good. I mean, that's the easiest line in the world for any coach owner. You know, you just have a look. <sighs> It's not like, you know, he's saying, look, Tony Pollard is now our number one running back and I'm about to give him $50 million. I keep things in a sense of proportion. I think that was just, you know. We have that,
0: to give Ian an opportunity to have a shot at the Cowboys here.
3: Well, that's what we're setting up. <laughs> Listen, see if you're building a franchise, right, and you're going to have to pay people the free positions that you do not pay, tight end, safety, and running back, Okay. Don't pay them. Don't pay them stupid contracts because you're going to be hamstrung, hum, hamstrung, hamstranged.
0: <laughs> All of the above. Yeah,
3: <laughs> sounds sore. <laughs> yeah, um, he's going to make the practice squad. It's going to it's, it's ruin your, your franchise if you do that. Yeah. Don't pay Elliot. Right. Yeah. Just once he once he comes to the end of his, his rookie deal, that's it. Let him go somewhere else in free agency. You'll get a further pick for him roundbacks don't matter in the NFL. They literally do not matter. You can plug people in. Um, the, the Cardinals, if the Cardinals were a successful, sorry, I'm not digging, <laughs> if they were a highly successful franchise, like elite franchise at the moment, which they will be in a few years, don't worry, it's the worse than the NFL. <laughs> but at the moment, Johnson should be on the, the contract that he's on. It's fine but just now because they're still building, but they've got to pay Byron Jones, who's turning into an elite cornerback. You've got, Dak, who they kind of want to pay, um, not fifty million though. Yeah, they've got <laughs> uh, Phillips as well. end, I think his contract's coming up. Um, I think one of their linemen's contracts coming up as well.
2: Amari Cooper as well.
3: Good, good point. Amari Cooper, I'd definitely I pay Amari Cooper over Zeke, def- yeah. over Dak as well. But um, <laughs> the the you can't pay all these yeah. uh, players just. Just get rid of Zeke seriously, he, and he's not. It's not as if he's been like the the perfect um, player to that's ever graced the silver and blue or whatever it is. No, were. absolutely. Um, so no, yeah.
1: I I actually thought the funnier line came from Ezekiel Elliott's agent when he said Elliott continues to train down in Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He'll be sweating it out for five ten minutes a day um, down there. It yeah, I'm like you. You've got to realize your value. Somebody will pay Elliot, but if the Cowboys don't pay him top money, somebody will give him decent money. But nobody's going to give him stupid money. And at the moment, to me, he wants stupid money.
2: Yeah, indeed. Just have to look at Le'Veon Bell. He didn't get stupid money in the end. No, indeed.
1: And he's going to the Jets. <laughs>
2: you know, I mean, <laughs> he's,
3: he's, he's, waste, he's wasted. He's wasted a year of his career. Effectively, you see, if you watch the the QB1 stuff that's on, all these kids want to do is play football. That's all they want to do. There's there's the, one of the quarterbacks ends up tearing his ACL and goes back in the game. Because everyone says, don't go back in the game. And all he wants to do is play. He's got offers to Kentucky. He could ruin his career, but he goes back in. All he wants to do is play. How can you sit out a year when you're a professional football player? How can you sit out 16 games just because you want more money? It's not as if, You're haggling about 20 quid extra. It's not like back in the days of 1960s football in England with Jimmy Hill arguing your case. (laughs) You you don't know what can happen to you when you're out. You can have a car accident. Um, So play the season and take your money and then go in. But that's just my my opinion.
1: The other interesting piece of news, and it is interesting for Panthers fans, is that um, Ron Rivera says that Newton will get some game time. In the next preseason game, now preseason games don't matter, but when you're coming off injury and surgeries and things, it'll be very interesting just to see what he looks like.
0: Yeah, and I mean for the same point with uh, Jimmy G. Obviously, while we we'll record, the Niners have yet to play their week two preseason game against the Broncos, and it remains to be seen how much time we'll actually see Jimmy get. But it'll be fascinating to see if he is zipping the ball about as much as we hope he would do.
3: Wentz hasn't played yet. He hasn't played in the preseason. I don't think Foles has played in the preseason. Yeah, there must be quite a few um, top-level quarterbacks that haven't actually played yet.
1: Drew Brees, a few snaps. I mean, the, the game at the weekend, it was first half, Bridgewater, second half, Taysom Hill. So, you know, the, the Saints aren't taking chances. Nobody should take a chance with a quarterback. And just to jump back to hard knots and Adam's having to go at, you know, trying to hit the quarterback. I mean, you've got players trying to hit their own quarterback in preseason drills and Gruden's have to explain to them. <laughs> You don't hit your quarterback. (laughs) Now, you know, even if you're brand new to the game, you would understand the boy in the red shirt, who you understand is the highest paid talent on the team, doesn't get touched because you could blow your whole season up with one wrong
2: hit.
0: It's almost like they've got a red shirt on for a reason.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's incredible. Incredible.
0: Now, we don't like to read too much, though, into preseason, but one thing we need to mention before we finish up is the very fact that Jamie Gillen's punt... Um, for the Browns has been circulated so many times on social media, says a lot about that punt. It was a thing of beauty.
1: I mean it was it everything you want. You know the other thing is it was deep in his own territory, so it was a punt under pressure. Um got it away beautifully. The hang time was tremendous. Yeah, it got the, the wee luck of the bounce, but everything you'd you'd want to see and uh, You'll be catching up with them soon, I hope.
0: Yes, heading out to Cleveland after um, Ian highlighted that the fourth preseason game is utter toilet. <laughs> I'm going all the way to Cleveland oh, no, to no, watch no, no, That's good because they can't move the ball, they're so bad. Yeah. So the punters get punt about twenty five chances. <laughs> Which is but it's brilliant to see. Do you know what he's taken one hell of a claim. Uh, and he's got hard competition because he's up against a damn good punter. But he's doing everything that's been asked of him so far. So great to see Jamie getting the coverage. Uh, Christian Wade, to be fair to him, two massive plays from him. He's doing really well. Um, is, is he from London, by any chance? Slough. Slough. Thankfully, we Look, said that. Slough born. It's
3: kind of London, really, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah,
0: just outside. Yeah.
3: Where, where
1: was you from?
3: Mm. Did anybody ever mention no that? I'll have to Google it. I think yeah. he was Welsh. Has he got a team yet? No. So is a Jai still no. world without team? a
2: team? Wow!
0: Interesting hmm. yeah. one. He might be full-time NFL Academy coach next year.
2: Interesting. Anyway, we good. speculate yeah. he'll find somewhere when a running back goes down injured. Because he, he could, could end up in team. Dallas. Could you, But j-
1: just on Jamie, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you know, you talk about Jai will be on the board of some teams as a reserve. You know, should things happen, Jamie Gillen's probably got his name across a whole pile of NFL boards at the moment. As a, as a potential punter, and his name would not have been there prior to you know the start of this season. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't have been, I think, overly well scouted by some of the teams, but now every team knows who he is, and they will take an interest well, in
2: Well, and it. The, the draft coverage, he was, they do at the end of the draft coverage, they stump the truck where they put out names to try and get a name out there that's available in the draft, but they've got no tape on, and Jamie Gillen was one of the guys that they didn't have any tape on.
0: Yeah, so. It says a lot. He's he's done absolutely brilliantly. And it's a story that we're keen to see continue. Uh, and yeah, I'm going out there to hopefully get some uh, one-on-one time with him to have a bit of a blether to see how it's all been going. And you'll hear all of that exclusively here on the NFL Scotland podcast. Anything else, Paul, before we wrap up? Or is that us for?
1: That's us. Just want to mention, of course, our, our week one event at the Golf Tavern.
0: Just absolutely.
1: Getting ever closer, and uh, lots of great stuff. You've been on a buying spree. We've got lots of goodies to give away. Uh, there'll be raffles, giveaways, quizzes. It's looking good.
0: Hundreds of pounds. We've got some really good exclusive content that you will only get to see if you come along and join us as well. Uh, ticket sale's going really well, so make sure that you pick them up because we cannot guarantee that there'll be any on the door if we sell out. There is a capacity there. Um, we're well on our way, so you know, make sure that you snap them up, and we hope to see you there with us. But that concludes everything then for episode sixty two, and we hope you've enjoyed listening. We'd love to hear your feedback though, still, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Scotland NFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Scotland NFL.
1: Thanks. All of you have been listening, sharing, and chatting about the podcast. We continue to see the numbers grow each and every week. Keep sharing the podcast with all your NFL friends continue to let us know what you think
0: make sure that you get those tickets for our live event in Edinburgh. check out twitter and facebook for all the details as we said we've already got hundreds of pounds worth of prizes and there are more on the way
1: nearly three and a half thousand twitter followers now we'll give prizes away every sunday leading up to the start of the season my thanks to ian my thanks to andrew as well we'll be back next week as we look south in the next round of our pre-season previews but until then bye for now